Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. Coming at you on this Sunday after SMU falls to TCU, 42-34 in the battle for the Iron Skillet. And look, I mean, this one, you can slice it a bunch of different ways in terms of why SMU lost, but they didn't get off the bus right away and were ready to execute at a high level. And it just made it too much for SMU to come back from. And, you know, the iron skill, it goes back to Fort Worth. And, you know, for SMU, you lose to your former head coach, Sonny Dykes, at home in front of a sold-out crowd. Hot day, obviously. Um, you know, awful in-game experience for people from, from everything I've heard and saw. It was just a disaster of a day if you're an SMU fan, honestly. You know, the game was close at the end. SMU made a, made a run. They closed it to 28-14 uh, going into halftime and, and certainly made it a game. Um, but they've, they've made too many mistakes this year to win both of their games against Power 5 programs in Maryland and TCU, and we saw that again. Tanner Mordecai, two interceptions. TCU scores 14 points off of them. That is your difference. SMU forces zero turnovers and couldn't couldn't get the ball away. Um, you know, couldn't get the ball back even at the end to uh, to have a chance to tie it, send it to overtime. I I'll try to go through it as as organized as I can, but let's start with the first quarter. You know, SMU comes out, TCU gets the ball, and it just looked like the TCU teams of the past that have rolled into Ford Stadium and controlled the game from pretty much start to finish against SMU. And it was it was pretty wild. I was actually sitting in the end zone at the time and was able to really see the plays develop very well. And TCU just had lanes. SMU's defenders were overrunning things. Um, poor angles, once again, uh, by the defense. And they worked their way right down the field in uh, 227 to go up 7 nothing, And from there, you know, SMU comes out. You think the offense is maybe going to settle in and we're in for a barn burner. They hit Rasheed Rice on, a, on an in route to start things off. And you're, you're like, okay, all right. They settle down. The offense is going to respond. But then they go four and out. TCU gets the ball. SMU is able to hold them which was a positive. I thought on that drive, it was noticeable that the pass rush was going to have a decent day against TCU, and they sure did. Uh, they notched five sacks on the day, the highest sack production day for SMU since the win over UCF last year. Nelson Paul, Jalen Samuels, Elijah Chapman, I think all had really good days getting after the quarterback, not only because they were the only ones to get sacks, but they were just around Max Duggan um, a lot of the day. Same, same with Devere Levelston. I think where SMU faltered, of course, was in run defense. And it was kind of weird. I was doing some research for the 214 uh, on the PonyExpress.com, the breakdown, two players of the game, one stat, four takeaways. And TCU was held to under one yard per carry for the second and third quarters of the game. And in the first and fourth quarter, they averaged, I believe, nine yards per carry um, and somewhere around five yards of carry or no it was seven on the dot for the final quarter uh, of the game so SMU's defense settled in um, obviously after the first kind of 
rough uh, first quarter. And then, you know, TCU did put up 28 points. I'm not going to say they were perfect by any means. And, and you give up 28 points in the first half and 297 yards. Um, you know, that's hard to that's hard to defend. But one of them was uh, an 80-yard um, shuttle uh, jet sweep to Darius Davis. So jet sweep for TCU. Um, to make it a 28-7 lead, and that was like, okay, how is this team going to respond? What SMU did do was score 14 unanswered points to make it a 28-21 game going into the fourth quarter. And that that fourth quarter, honestly, was it 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 mattered. Obviously, it had uh, energy. There was kind of this feeling. I I never felt SMU had overcome enough to be in control of the game and to be controlling the destiny of the game going into the fourth quarter. I didn't feel like that. But I thought TCU was potentially going to kind of scuttle its chances. They had just come off a quarter where they were running the ball very poorly. Um, You know, they were kind of starting to get conservative in a way with their play calling. Um, But instead, they were able to obviously go up 35-21 and, you know, have a good drive to, to extend the lead to 14. And then SMU answers back eight plays 75 yards and three minutes on the button and then the two-point conversion attempt Austin Upshaw he's done everything you can ask of a player switch positions earn the number 20 feet number 23 Jerry Levias jersey but there's got to be a better effort there I mean it, it it just cut you know Rhett Lashley when meeting with the media talked about execution and that's what it was going to come down to SMU didn't execute today on many levels. I did not think the effort was that bad for the most part. I think there were moments where it could have been better. Moochie Dixon kind of runs, let's just say, a lackadaisical route, gets picked off in the fourth quarter. Um, that hurt. That's what led led to one of TCU's touchdowns in the fourth. But overall, I, I didn't mind the effort. I'm, I think the execution was, was pretty rough, um, and I think everybody would agree with that. He duffs it. TCU goes goes back out and scores, and that was really tough to eat. And and Rhett Lashley addressed the two point try. It was a big debate on uh, the message board. Uh, he just said, "Look, I was going to go for the win no matter what um, at the end." So my thought process was, if I get the two point conversion now, great, we can go out and kick the game winning field goal and and move on with a win and keep the iron skillet and all those things. Um, or a game-winning extra point and, and move on if they did, you know, score that uh, last touchdown. But if not, he still had to run a two-point play at the end of the game to tie it anyway to send it into overtime. So Rhett Lashley kind of was thinking ahead, going for the win. I think it was the right call. It was open. It was perfectly set up. Um, he just duffed it. So it didn't end up really mattering, but I do think, you know, if they get that, maybe the defense locks in a little bit better. Maybe they don't give up you know, that scoring drive to TCU um, where uh, DeMarcado uh, goes for 63 yards um, and, and ends the game. You know, that was that was one where SMU had given up a first down, TCU burned 242 off the clock, and then he goes 63 yards. Like, that's backbreaker, you know. But I will say this. I think the fight was there from SMU. I, I think the, the execution was just where it fell apart. You know, they, they battled back. They get a chance to to go out and tie the game, even with 40 seconds left. They had two timeouts. 
They get the leaping penalty. Just dumb stuff has come up to bite SMU in both of the last two games. And it wasn't crisp against Lamar either. It, this is where SMU's players, honestly, kind of have to look themselves in the eyes and, and, and find a better way here. Because guys are missing assignments, and it, I, I, I'm not in there. I don't really know where to look in terms of some of those things. I think Tanner Mordecai gutted it out, had hurt ribs from what I hear, um, got drilled on that sideline hit along the TCU sideline and was kind of you know grimacing from all that pretty much the rest of the game. So you see those high throws some of the time. That's, that's probably where that lies. But you still got to execute. If you can't execute at the highest level, I mean, and I know Tanner's tough, do you take yourself out? That's always the question. I think he played hard enough. Uh, I think he played well enough to not come out of the game, but I know he was in discomfort. I mean, you can't. I don't think Tanner Mordecai was necessarily the reason why SMU lost. His two interceptions really hurt, though. And it's got to stop. It's one of those things where, you know, I don't think there's it's time for a quarterback change by any means. I don't think Preston Stone is ready to be the answer just yet. But eventually you you have to you might have to think about sending a message to your veteran quarterback that, look, you've turned the ball over a bunch this season. And not all of them are your fault, but you've got to find a way here to cut down on them because you can't go on the road in league play and win, uh, especially against some of the better teams You when you're turning the ball over like that. And that's what they're going to face against UCF is a team that can turn the ball over. They have talent. They're going to be ready to go. You know, people forget amidst the complete meltdown at the end of the season as Sonny Dykes was leaving SMU, SMU went out and handled business and handled UCF at home. So if you don't think the Knights want this one, you're out of, you're out of your mind. John Rice Plumley is going to be hard to defend. Um, you know, I think credit to Max Duggan. He made all the throws that, you know, they wanted him to. 22 of 29, 278 yards. Kind of, again, one of those efficient nights that, or days that quarterback, you know, to or uh, Talia Tungavailoa kind of had, you know, didn't completely wow you, but he was just smart with the ball, extended plays. You know, he he probably could have thrown the ball away a few more times. You know, got sacked five times, but that throw to Savion Williams, that was a tough one. You know, that was really one where I think SMU was in position, couldn't defend it. Um, he kind of looks like he's going to run. Defender comes up. They have coverage. Just made a heck of a play. And it's just really, really difficult to, you know, look at where SMU is right now in terms of facing TCU and say, okay, they're the better team. You know, I, I think SMU had to play a really perfect game uh, for them to be able to win looking back on it now. Um or at least, you know, play turnover free. I mean, that was the difference. That's what it eventually came down to. SMU has talent. SMU has the ability. I, I don't think anyone really can can argue against that, quite honestly. Um, but they're not executing at a, at a high level right now to win football games and, and to make it happen. Um, 
it's just it just really they have to kind of look themselves in the eye a little bit um, and decide what they want this season to be. Look, Rhett Lashley said it in the post-game press conference. All their goals are still ahead of them. They haven't lost a conference game. They played two really tough teams. They're beat up, but they still have the chance to to have a really good record in league play, and I think they they have that opportunity too. You know, they, they have to play UCF. They have to play Cincinnati. They have to play Houston. But Houston doesn't look like world beaters. They've played some tough games too. Cincinnati still looks solid. UCF still looks solid. I'm not saying they're not. But after these two games, I still feel like SMU is a talented enough team to have a really good run in league play if they can get themselves together and say, you know what? We need to be in our gaps. We need to take better angles. We need to quit turning the ball over. Defense has to become more opportunistic like they had been earlier in the year. You know, I think one of the biggest things that happened, you know, on the offensive side was Jake Bailey's emergence. Eight catches, 163 yards. Seven of his eight catches came on third down or fourth down plays. So clutch performance as well. Nelson Paul, three sacks, and Jalen Samuels returns to the lineup and grabs a sack and a half. And I saw Jalen throw a TCU offensive lineman with one arm on one of his sacks. That was really impressive. That's what SMU's been missing. Maybe that helps. Maybe that helps the defense turn the corner in terms of being able to stop some of these offenses, um, you know, when they actually when they need to. I think TCU, you look at what they were able to do, 16 explosive plays. I believe that almost doubled what Maryland had a week prior. And they had eight passing explosive plays and eight rushes of explosive plays. You know, I I think giving up some of the big ones are just a result of almost falling asleep out there. You know, Darius Davis... I wasn't able to be in practice this week. They really kind of shut things down, and they've been pretty strict about it for the most part during the fall in terms of reporters you know, leaving during the actual practice port- portion. But I got to believe they rep Darius Davis coming across on a jet sweep, and instead he turns the corner and just blows by everyone. I mean, I'm not saying Darius Davis can't pick up a first down and TCU keeps moving, but man, like that is... One of those plays that you kind of see coming, you see coming, you see coming, it, you got to be able to defend it. You can't allow an 80-yard touchdown run like that. You get down 28-7, you battle back. You, It's a one-score game going into the final minute. It's a one-score game for part of the fourth quarter. SMU needs a little bit of a killer mentality. And somebody on our board made a great point, you know, is... SMU's, you know, maybe more turned down demeanor, a sign that maybe they have less energy than they did last year? I don't think so. I mean, I think this team just hasn't executed. And it's kind of worrisome. I mean, maybe it is a little bit of a, you know, thing where the staff has to get on a little bit better of the same page in terms of making sure these guys are better prepared. And they rep things a little bit better and more consistently and 
hone in on little things because right now the little things are killing SMU. Turnovers, bad angles, missed gaps. I, I mean, and I got to imagine some sort of misassignment or, or missed holes in the run game too. You know, I think it's important that Bo Corrales got some reps. He had a pretty good performance um, for the most part in his limited reps. You know, if, if you're if you're looking back on it, Teddy Knox really, I think, kind of let the team down. Maybe you give Bo Corrales a little bit more looks looking back on it. As he gets healthier, I, I would think he works his way back in. Who knows when Jordan Curley's back? But, yeah, I just think overall this this team really has dropped the ball in terms of not taking advantage of the opportunities they've had in front of them in these two games. They really should be, you know, a team that could be 4-0 or at least 3-1 and right now. So as they go to, go to conference play, I think you've got to completely wipe what happened in the past two weeks from your memory in a way and not let that define who you are going into league play because they have the talent, they have the ability to make a run. They do. Will they? Don't know. Doesn't look like they're executing at the level they need to right now. So I think some of the guys, and, and there are players on this team that are playing their hearts out. Rasheed Rice, Jake Bailey, Elijah Chapman. Um, I do think Trey Siggers, Velton Gardner, guys like that are running really hard. Um, but... Everybody's got to kind of get back on the same page and prioritize doing the little things right. I think that's what's missing from this team right now. It showed against TCU, even the kick kickoff coverage, you know, giving TCU the ball on average at its own 35-yard line to start, that hurt. And TCU ran the ball out multiple times from five, six, seven yards deep in the end zone, probably because Sonny Dykes either knows the personnel, saw something in kick coverage, or said, you know what? SMU for years has given up a big play in a return game, in a big game. And sure enough, one of TCU's drives started out um, in really, really good field position. I think at the SMU 50, I'll try to look at it here. Or the TCU, uh, let me see. Yeah, I mean, one, one, uh, the the SMU 43, right, at, right after um, SMU scored in the second quarter. TCU comes out. Runs the ball back to the SMU 43. Things like that got to be cleaned up. I think SMU, for the most part, came out pretty healthy uh, from that game. I know Tanner Mordecai, Rasheed Rice were banged up. But, um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything, you know, too cause for concern. Brian Massey's still working his way back from that ankle. Um, but for the most part, I didn't see really much in terms of injuries that really, really hurt or look like they're going to be long-term or anything like that. But look, we'll have uh, our media on Tuesday, media on Wednesday, and we'll kind of see where things are at. I think this team can make it happen this year. But right now, you got to really think that it's a must-win situation going into that UCF game. Get themselves back on track. Get themselves feeling good about themselves because just because they lost these two games can't result in the, the season starting to really get sideways on them. They have a lot ahead in front of them, and I think they can make make some things uh, happen. So with that, guys, going to shut down this podcast. If you guys haven't already, check out all the recruit reactions. I know it wasn't a win, but still, the atmosphere was electric. Um, I will say SMU completely dropped the ball uh, and Aramark in terms of concessions, beer, water, all the things. Um, I think they need to take a look at 
in the mirror as well because that was uh that that really really cost Sesame I think some casual fans so lots of uh looking in the mirror this week on SME's campus but um check out the recruits reactions there was some good stuff in there from a lot of them commits targets all the things check it out on theponyexpress.com free seven-day trial we still have founders club hats available if you subscribe while those supplies last so appreciate all you guys who subscribed the past week even those TCU fans I hope your trial runs um over and you get charged but um appreciate all you guys who have subscribed and supported the site We'll see how it goes this week. SMU heads to UCF, 2.30 game uh, in Orlando. So be sure to keep it locked on the Pony Express for all of our coverage. We will catch you guys later in the week with another edition, edition of the podcast. And thanks so much for listening. Have a good one.